world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, morning. I was just saying before we went live here that getting my feet under me a little bit, that last week so screwed me up with uh, the 4th of July and then the Monday of the 4th of July and then the 4th actually being on Tuesday. I I just never got my rhythm last week. So wake up here this morning and I believe it's Monday and it's not any special holiday. So we can get ready, get ready to, to move forward. I got something all over me today. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get it out. <clears throat> Are you afraid of God? Huh? Are we supposed to fear the Lord? The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's just the beginning. And I wonder how many of you went to church this weekend or how many of you spend time going to church and the pastor is warning you that you need to be afraid of God. Now, a holy, righteous, healthy, fear of the Lord. But I think for the most part, we probably don't have much of that going on in America today. And uh, that's why, well, pull it off for me real quick, Jonathan. I, I'm, Lord, just dump this one on me. Pull up John 6. John 6. And go down to about verse, uh, I don't know, I'm just guessing. Start about verse 65. Hey, folks, there's a devil loose. There's a devil loose, okay? And there's a devil who specifically hates the children of God. All right? Now, the Bible tells us that we are to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, even more as we see that day approaching. And the reason that I'm, I'm bringing this up here today is because just this weekend, I've heard of three, maybe it's four people who are in some form of uh, distress or need, and they all used to be part of the queue, but they're not anymore. Haven't been for quite, haven't been for quite a while, and I don't know what it is. Look, I'm not, I'm not in a popularity contest. Uh, you live your own life. You do what you want to do. I, I just say that the Bible tells us that we should have forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, even more as you see that day approaching. Now, most of you watching right now, including me, don't go to regular Sunday churches. Some of you still do. God bless if you do. Even some of you go to Saturday churches. But for the most part, many of you who are watching this show right here today, you've you've left mainstream Christianity. You've left it. And so therefore, whether you want to, whether you want to admit it or not, you're not to forsake the assembling of yourself together. And I, I would ask those of you who've who've fallen off the wagon or have gone someplace else or got butthurt or whatever, who are you assembling with? Who are you assembling with? Because this is not unusual to humanity. In fact, I got up on the screen right now because this, this was all over me this morning. And I'm thinking about these four people that said, this happened to this person, this happened to this person, this happened to this person. And I'm, I'm thinking as I'm hearing this, wow, I wonder what happened to them. Where did they go? Well, they used to be part, where did they, where did they go? And so I'm looking at you right now, when you get butt hurt and you get ready to leave, where are you going? Where are you going? And then I find this out. The people who went away, then they get in trouble, and where do they come? They come running back here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody with me here? And you, you, better, you better figure out where... <laughs> You better figure out who your tribe is, baby. And if you think that you're going to go running around finding another tribe, another group of people are going to support you, uh, just all of a sudden call in after six months, say, hey, boy, I need some help now. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Where you been? Where you been? 
And this happened to Jesus too. <clears throat> and I'm just kind of doing this off the top of my head right now. Go back maybe to verse 60, 60. I don't know. Go to 60. Let's just start there a minute. Start right there. Oh, so he taught, just taught something in, in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, huh, are you kidding me? Huh, that's pretty tough. I ain't doing that. <laughs> well, well, are you going to do that, Joe? Hey, Tim, you going to do that? You're right. I ain't going to do that, Joe. You going to do that? And Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. He said, hey, dude, so, so what's, the, what's the issue here? Huh? Does it offend you? What and if you see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, and the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you, baby, they're spirit and life, Jesus said. Huh? There are some of you that don't believe it, he's telling them. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, therefore, I said unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Now look, and from that moment, he and his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then Jesus said to the guys still hanging out, still hanging around, still Coach Dave Light Freaks, well, you guys going to go too? You going to go too? You going to go wandering off for six months, and eight months, and call me when you get trouble? Is that what you going to do? Then Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, where the heck would we go? That's what I'm asking you today. Not that, I, not that I'm Jesus. I'm not, huh? That's not, what, that's not what I'm saying. You better be, the time in which we are in, you better be very careful in isolating yourself away from those who can help you. You better be very, very careful, especially at this time right now. There's crazy things going on in America. And you get butthurt or offended or nobody listens to you or nobody believes you or whatever. Start gossiping and backbiting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you the truth. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you pick up the email. I get an email six months later. Hey, did you know this? Who's he? Who's he? Oh, I remember he used to be in here, right? Oh, he got butthurt, moved on? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, look. I'm just telling you the truth is, listen, folks, you better, you better right now, on what's the date? The 10th day of July, 2023, you better cling tight now. Mm-hmm. There's a storm coming, boys and girls. There is a storm coming. All right? Now. You get butthurt, you go wherever you want. It's it's fine with me. But who are you assembling with? Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, even more as the day approaches. <clears throat> who are you assembling with? Cool. I wanted to get that out, out of my chest. I did. Got a big camping event coming up this week. Uh, Bobby, are you out there maybe that you can tell us a little bit about what's going on or what need to know things any, anywhere? Looking forward to it. Some of us are carpooling. Some of us are carpooling. So look, it's you're coming in on Friday uh, about noon. We're going to start at noon. And then we're going to uh, go all day and leave about noon on Sunday. So it's going to be basically two full days. I'm, I'm carpooling with Glenn and and uh, George. Anybody else wants to carpool with us? You're welcome to carpool with us as well. Bobby, exactly where is this place? It says Southwest PA. What's it near, Bobby? It's right, it, listen, it's Fort Necessity. It's down there next to Union, uh, not too far from Union, I believe. Uh, maybe 20 miles or so, and that's about how far the, the closest hotels are. And Fort Necessity is right across the, camps, the campsite where we're staying. We got a group of 10 campsites reserved. Uh, Fort Necessity, like I said last week, kickoff with George Washington's French and Indian War. It's pretty incredible that we're right there in that environment. We're going to be training the unapologetic Christians. And at any time in, in American history, we need that more than ever right now. So in order, to, in order to be a part of this, you have to get in touch with me. There's no other way around it, right? Uh, we we you just gotta you just gotta call me. All right. The, the contact information is on the event page. 
uh, text me, email me, uh, call me, and we'll get back with you. Once we have the 10th night uh, occupied, you're going to have to pay on your own. They call and get your own site. So the 10 sites are together. That'll all be good. So we'll all be gathered together. And Bobby, do they need to bring their own food? What's what's the story there, buddy? Yeah, bring your own food. Bring your own coffee. Uh, I'm going to have a, a cooler full of water and stuff. But we're trying to make it as cost-effective as possible. The only thing that you have to pay for is your own campsites, which is really cheap for the weekend. Bring your own food. we got uh, trainings uh, with, with Bill talking about church outside the church. Uh, Dr. John Diamond coming down, appeal to heaven. I'll, I'll address a couple of things as far as the, the times in which we're moving into. You got Coach, obviously, always has great things to say. And we're going to have a lot of fellowship. The fellowship will be awesome. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even more as you see that day approaching. Look, uh, it's not this. I understand camping is not for everybody. I get it. Okay. But this is another opportunity for you to be part of it if you want to be part of it because you will. Um, can I tell you the truth? There's some of you guys in this queue I'll die for. There's some of you that will. I'll die, I'll die for. And I believe there's some of you out there who would die for me, for us. I, I believe that. I believe that. And so in order for that to that that fellowship, in order for that relationship to stay rich, we have to we need fellowship. So those who are, you know, I feel sorry for a guy like Jeff now, clear out there two thousand miles away. He had, you know, who's he fellowshipping with? Who does he have the ability to huh? Who's with him? And I I'm gonna tell you, friends, I really believe that this is gonna get more and more severe and more and more needed. That's why in my heart we have these sky high. I believe people I think it's going to get hard. <laughs> and I think we'd be able to say, hey, you can come here. Bring a tent. Come, you can come here, right? Because, look, let, let's be realistic here. What would, what would happen to the average American citizen if tomorrow the ATM stopped working? Just, just that. If the ATMs went down. What, if, what would happen to the average American if tomorrow the Internet went down? What would happen to the average American if just tomorrow the fuel truck stopped rolling? Does anybody think any of those three things I just mentioned are impossible to happen? Anybody think that? No, I, I, no. So I, the, the, to me, those are the types of things that we need to begin thinking about because it, in fact, could happen. The idea that you could just go to... Do you have any idea how much in debt we are, how broke we are? Do you have any idea? Do you have an idea that the, the American dollar is basically worthless and that all across the world they're getting ready to say kaboom to the American dollar? Probably, probably. I don't know what it's going to look like. And people say, well, that's why I got cryptocurrency. Well, good. Hope the Internet stays up. <laughs> I sure hope it stays up, right? So uh, it, I'm just telling you, friends, put your butt hurt away. Put your butt hurt away and say, uh, I'm gonna cling to this, I'm gonna cling to these nuts in here at Coach Dave Live. I'm gonna cling to these nuts. Because I think for the most part, I can trust most of them. Mm-hmm. I think. Right? So I you know, it just it just hit me this morning because I got again, I heard from four people this weekend who used to be part of it that aren't near and they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Would anybody be surprised if uh careful what I say? How I say it. Would anybody be surprised if some black limos pulled up in front of Coach Dave's house tomorrow? Drug him out? Anybody be surprised by that? Then what then what are you gonna do? Then what's what's gonna go on? So the reality of it, I just see it, I just see it every day. Can I tell you why? It's what I want to get into today. Pull up um, where is it? Romans one. It says down at the bottom. I'm gonna start right there this morning. We got a lot going on. Mel's got Mel and the crew. They got another uh, good initiative going on. We'll talk about it tomorrow because I'm not really on top of it. But I, I want to show. I want to show you something. <clears throat> so if I'm not ashamed of the God, Romans one sixteen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Can I stop right there? Most people who go to church are ashamed of the gospel. Now, they're not ashamed of it in the church, in the safety of the church. But when they leave the church, they become secret servant 
service agents, clandestine Christians, right? Ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you read this, it says, not being ashamed of the gospel of Christ is power. I'll paraphrase that English major here, right? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The gospel is the power of God? No, no. Not being ashamed of the gospel is the power of God. Because if you're ashamed of God, if you know the Bible inside out and you don't do anything except eat it yourself, you ain't no good to nobody. So when you're ashamed of the gospel, there is no power. Vinny, give me a boom, Vinny. Give me a boom. I'm going to say it again so that you understand it. If you are ashamed of the gospel, it is powerless. Boom. Well, this is deep, friends. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. So the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. The righteousness. God's laws are not punishing you. God's laws are put into place as protection. Don't lie, don't steal, don't covet, don't commit adultery. They're to protect us so one another we can live together. And as a result of it, it's righteousness. Lived out. But the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Hey, John, this be a fast and see how fast you are. Go to Webster. What is unrighteous? What is unrighteous? I know what righteousness is. Righteousness is right standing, right? Righteous, unrighteous, not not righteous, not just, not conformed in heart and life to divine law. Wicked, evil, used of persons, unjust, contrary to law and equity. All right? So the righteousness, go back to the scripture there. For the uh, wrath of God, oh man, I don't know if I can get through this. I don't know if I can get through this. When's the last sermon you heard on the wrath of God? You ever, you yourself ever throw a fit? Have you ever yourself just had one of those fits of rage that was almost uncontrollable? Anybody done that? I've, I've done that. Wrath. What is wrath, Jonathan? I gave you that. What is that? Did I give you a choice to throw that up there? The wrath of God. Go to Webster. What is wrath? Wrath, wrath, violent anger, vehement exacerbation, indignation. It's the effects of anger, the just punishment of an offense or a crime. God's wrath in scripture is holy and just indignation against sin. Anybody have any idea what it would look like to see a pissed off God? Can you, anybody, anybody, you ever get mad at a mosquito? (laughs) I'm going to get that, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. But the wrath of God's revealed. See, the wrath of God's already being revealed to us, friends. It's already right now. Why? Because that which may be known of God is obvious to them. For God showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Men are men, women are women. You don't be you don't be doing sex around little kids. You don't be walking naked in parades around little kids. You don't be teaching little kids doctrines of day. You don't do that. For the invisible things of him creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and God. So they're without excuse. Hey friends, we're without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations, empty in their imaginations. And the foolish heart became darkened. Why? Because they no longer worship God. They worship themselves. Vain in their imaginations. Everything was about them, about them, my body, my choice, my, 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 my. And as a result, their hearts get darkened. And then professing themselves wise, they become fools. And they tell you to wear a mask and social distance and take shots. 
Can we believe it? Folks, this is all the wrath of God. Do you understand it? Do you understand? This is the beginnings of the wrath of God. That, that we can't even think straight anymore. We can't even reason one plus one equals two. We can't even do that anymore. We can't look at a man and realize he's a man. He tells us he's a woman and we agree with it. This is the judgment and wrath of God that's already come. Boy. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible beasts and the birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up. God said, okay, dudes. He gave them up to what? Uncleanness. What's uncleanness? Through the lusts of their own hearts. To dishonor their own, own bodies between themselves. They changed the truth of God into a lie. And they worshiped and served themselves. Hey, wrath of God's already been put up. Judgment of God's right in front of us. And we, we, we still don't get it. And then it says, for this cause, by the way, that's a connecting phrase, this cause, for this cause. For what cause? For what cause? No, not cause. For what reason? For what reason? For this reason, God gave them up to vile effect. For what reason? Well, they changed the truth of God into lie, worship, serve the creature, mourn the creator, bless forever, amen. And for this reason, God gave them over to vile affections. For even the women did change the natural use unto them, which is against nature. Said even the women were so stupid that they decided they'd go have sex with each other. How stupid is that, women? And likewise, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, Burned in their lust one toward another. <laughs> men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense, the punishment that was due to them. Hang on a minute. And we Christians are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of God and salvation, and we won't even tell them the truth. And being filled with all unrighteousness, ask yourself. If this is what you have seen over the last 4th of July weekend in every place you've been, have you seen people filled with unrighteousness, fornication and wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy and murder and debate and deceit and malignity and whispers? Anybody seen any of that stuff? Boom. See, it's the judgment of God. It's the wrath of God slowly being poured out. Scroll on down a little bit, John. Being filled, filled, filled with covetousness, getting jealous. Nah, nah, I'm not going to be in the huddle anymore. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy and murder and debate and deceit. Malignity. These are the judgments of God. God is permitting this to happen, friends. Backbiters. Oh, anybody know any backbiters? Uh, anybody know any of them? Haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Folks, this is the judgment of God. The wrath is beginning to be poured out without understanding. Wow. Deal breakers. Without natural affection. A woman killing her baby. That ain't even natural. They love themselves. Implacable. Unmerciful. Who, by the way, for the most part, seems to be talking about maybe people going to church who know the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. God says those folks are worthy of death. God says that. Mm. And we not only do the same, but we go to the parades and watch them parade naked up and down through them. We do. We do. The churches have floats in them and tell them how much God loves them as their dingers bouncing up and down in front of little children. We've lost the fear of the Lord, see. Lost the fear of the Lord. So I'm just here to try to exhort you this morning to understand that uh, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Folks, the children who are coming behind us, for the most part, have zero spiritual training. Would somebody agree with me on this? The average person who goes to church has zero spiritual training. Would you all agree with me on that? Mm -hmm. 
my people are destroyed. Why? For a lack of knowledge. I'm not trying to sit here and puff myself up and say I'm smarter than everybody else and do what I say, yada, yada, yada. But I'm smart enough to understand what I see before me is wicked and that our obligation is to fight back against the wickedness. They have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, principalities, powers, evil spirits in high places, weapons of warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it in captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Are we being taught that? Do you, do you hear that anywhere in your church? Anywhere in your church? It says in there, it'd be better for you to put a millstone around your neck, throw you in the deepest part of the ocean and let them continue to do what little kids want to do to little kids. Do you, do you get that? And you go watch the sound of freedom and scratch your head and say, that can't be going on. That can't really be going on. Huh? Uh, I look. I don't want to go to church, and I don't want to hear a pastor talk about it. And make me feel bad. No, right? I'm, you with me? I know you are. I know you are. So I want to encourage all of you. I want to encourage all of you to, to get ready to buckle up and buckle in, because our town, I'm telling you, the church's finest hour is coming. The finest hour is coming. But we've got to get together. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again today. We got to come up with a game plan. We need some formal game plan. You right now, where you are, I don't know. I mean, I look at where everybody in this queue is from. I look at all these places, all these states. If hell breaks loose tomorrow, what are you doing? You have a plan? You're just going to sit there right where you are, wait for FEMA to come, the government comes? Is that that what you're going to do? Because the scripture makes it very, very clear that we should forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, even more as we see that day approaching. What day? What day? Day of the God. God is coming close. It's coming close. It's coming close. It's coming near. Coming near. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna weave into something else. I'm sorry. Just bear with. It's been a long weekend. Okay. I want to weave into something else and make this extremely clear to you. And this has caused this has cost me friends. This has cost me fellowship. But I'm not going to back up. Going back up, John. Pull up John ten. And I've said this, I don't know how many times I've discussed this on the church, but remember that the heart of education is repetition. I'm going to say it until you get it. Okay? This is John 10. The greatest problem we have in America today, in Christianity today, is the pulpit. The pulpit. The pulpit. We'll say it again. The pulpit. The guys who call themselves pastors. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as the thief and a robber. Who's the thief and a robber? Somebody that came through the door or through the window. I'm sorry, came through the window. They got in there some other way. They came in to rob. And he that entereth by the door is the shepherd. The shepherd has the key. He walks right on in. To him, they open the door. The sheep hears his voice. He calls the sheep by name. He leads them out. He doesn't lead them in, leads them out. He doesn't try to build a bigger church to lead people in. He wants people to come to the church because he's going to lead them out. And that's one of the things that I'm most proud of here at Coach Dave Life. I do the best I can to lead you out. Don't come here, just sit in here and be, no, 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 lead you out. And some of you have picked up the baton and you're running with it and you are going out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them. How many pastors do you know right now who are leading their flock to the streets? Even if it would just be the witness. Even if it just go to pass out Bible tracts. And you know any churches anywhere that are doing that? It says here, he leads this flock out. He leads them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him. Who? The shepherd. The stranger, they're not going to follow. But will flee from him for they don't know his voice. So Jesus told us to those boys, and they didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't understand. What are you talking about? We got potlucks and men's breakfast here on Saturday morning. And we what? We, what? We don't talk about politics. We don't. We, what are you talking about? And Jesus said, "Dude, let me scratch my head here a minute, huh?" He said, "Let me make it plain. I'm the door. <laughs> I'm the door. And the only way you get here is if I call you. If I call you, you hear my voice and you come. And if you hear my voice, then you come." And he said, "Everybody came before me." He's talking to these guys about the leadership of the Jewish nation at this time, right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the things they were teaching in their synagogues. He said, everybody came before me. They are thieves and robbers. 
Why? They were doing it for their own gain. They were doing it for their own self-promotion, their own self-righteousness, their own self-holiness, their own whatever. He said, everybody came before me, all those other guys. There's thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved, shall go in and out, in and out, and find pasture. Because the thief cometh. Who's the thief? Who's the thief? Go back to verse 1. Go back to verse 1. It's not the devil. It's the pastor, the lion pastor. No, no. no. I know why that thing's on my screen. I can't see. Hang on a second. I'm going to block that. No, he said, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold. There's your thief. There's your, it ain't the devil. It ain't the devil, friends. Huh? And we were warned about it in Jude that evil men would creep in unaware. And they'd change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than creature, which is Romans 1, which we just read. Boy, this is deep. Scroll on down, Johnny. He said, uh, go verse 11. Go up one more. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Hey, somebody, can somebody tell me this? Where are the pastors in support of Bill Dunphy? Anybody know where they might be? Hmm? In a prayer closet, maybe. Well, they're they're counting their money. They don't want to be guilty by association. Fortresses. What's that? They're hiding in their fortresses. Yeah, they're hiding in their stone stained glass fortresses. He said, I'm the good shepherd. Good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd. Some of you folks have been sitting under a hireling. Not my words. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not. You mean to tell me you go to a thousand-person church and that guy is your pastor? He don't even know your name. And he sure isn't leading you anywhere. Out. Because if he was leading you out, there wouldn't be any transgenderism going on at the libraries if your pastor was leading you out. So you don't say amen. You say, oh, my, if you want to. But the hirelings, and, and not the shepherd, who's owned the sheep or not, sees the devil coming. There's the devil. The devil doesn't kill, steal, and destroy. The, the guy's killing, stealing, and destroying. This guy snuck into the pulpit and ain't supposed to be there. And then he sees the devil come. What's he do? He runs. He leaves the sheep. And then the wolf catch him. They scatter the sheep. The hireling fleeth. Because he's just doing it for a job. He didn't care for the sheep. Wow, huh? You want, you want me to say that, Lord? Look at this. He said, I have the sheep, but you're not of this fold. <laughs> so just because they're not here in the church, they don't mean anything. They hear my voice. Some days going to be one fold and one shepherd. Hmm. I was thinking about something the other day. Anybody want me to go there? You guys want me to go there? Because I will. Do it, brother. Okay. I'm so sick and tired. I'm sorry. I got to say it. Of legacy pastors. Say what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the son inheriting the church after the pastor retires. Legacy pastor. Oh, I inherited that pulpit. Who did your son? Yeah, my son, because he's my son. He's he's the next pastor. Well, is he called? Is he called to business? Well, it doesn't matter. Anybody with me? Can anybody name some of them? Huh? Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, huh? Stanley. Oh, Stanley's. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on, on, right? becomes a company business. Folks, these are hirelings. And what do these hirelings do? Hirelings say the things that, has Joel Osteen ever spoke out? Does anybody know, has he ever spoke out at all about child mutilation, child trafficking? Has he ever spoke out, said the first thing against COVID or anything like that? Has he ever done anything at all about that? Anybody ever, ever heard him say that? 
Well, he's a fake shepherd then. Because he sees the wolf coming, he doesn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Closes down his churches as well. Say, tune in and watch on TV. Here's the good news, see. The Lord, the Lord is separating the sheep from the goats. And you know what your problem is? You know why you're having so much trouble in your life? Because a lot of you people, a lot of you folks, are associating with family members who have goat pastors. Somebody say amen, so I know i got one friend out there, right? Mm. Amen. They're accusing you of being in a cult. And they're following some goat. And they're accusing you of being in a cult here, right? And you guys know this. This cult leader doesn't ask you to do anything. It's up to you to do whatever the heck you want to do, believe whatever the heck you want to believe. But because you get up every morning and go to church here and are growing in the gospel, they are repulsed by it. Why? Because they're under a hireling. Dude, I'm killing it today. I'm killing it. So America is not going to get back on our feet until there's a house cleaning done in the American pulpits. I'm, you know, until the house is cleaned. The Bible tells us this, that if the house gets cleaned, if we're not careful, they come in seven times stronger than what they did before. But there is a great awakening coming. A, a, my buddy John says, rude awakening, then a great awakening. <clears throat> and I'm here to encourage all of you today to cling to that which is good. You know what's going on here is life-changing. That sounds arrogant, right? But I'm telling you, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through me, and it's changing your life. And don't you dare be dissuaded. I wouldn't let them draw, I wouldn't let them pull me away from this show for all the tea in China. I don't even know if there's any tea in China. Because you can say what you want. I could run, run, I could open this thing up and I could run down a list of guys, one after another, after another, after another, after another, whose lives have been changed through this fellowship. And then people get butthurt and leave. It amazes me. So I'm here to encourage you. Tough times are coming. I'm here to encourage you. Cling to one another. Get to know one another. We're your family. That's the way I see it. That's that's the way I see it. I want to get that off of my chest. Can Amen. I give real quickly here, then I'm going to open it up. Pull up God's wrath, five five truths about God's wrath. And so next the last thing at the bottom there, Johnny. <clears throat> five things about God's wrath. Five truths. <clears throat> I read this this morning. I thought this is pretty good. We don't talk about the wrath of God. Scroll on down. You don't have to read off. God's wrath is just. God's wrath. It's good to know that God's wrath is just, right? And his grace is sufficient for you. And praise the Lord because of the way he took it out on his own son. His wrath has already been poured out on sin. It's already been poured out. The soul that sins, it shall die. So if you've sinned, you deserve to be beaten. But he did it already. Right? It's justice. God's wrath. How long, Lord, how long will you let the wicked go unpunished? Their wrath is coming. Number two, scroll on down there. Hmm? God's wrath is to be feared. It's to be feared. You guys fear the wrath of God? Do I really fear the wrath of God? If I'm thinking about doing something I shouldn't do, something something carnal, whatever it is, do I really realize that he could squash me like a bug? I say, oh, he won't care. He won't, he won't, God, he'll forgive me. Ooh, boy, that's a dangerous position to be in. God's wrath is consistent in the Old and the New Testament. We just, hey, all you got to do is pick up the Old Testament, and it is a litany of people he squashed. <laughs> litany of them, group after group after group. And if we think we are somehow going to be immune to it, those of us who've received Christ, we're, we're immune to it. Can I tell you something? People say, well, God's not appointed us under wrath. Oh, really? What does that mean? Do you know that you could be crushed like a bug here in this world and still make it into heaven? Do you guys understand that? You understand your life isn't about this life? That some of the worst possible things that you could ever imagine could happen to you and you still make it into glory. But we think God's mercy and grace protects us from anything bad here. 
Dudes, that ain't the, that ain't the deal. His grace and his mercy protect us from his future wrath on all the world. I'm not a theologian, but I, I can think. God's wrath is his love. It is. I've told you this before. I remember my old dad. God bless you, Frank. I knew when dad was my dad would say, boy, I ain't telling you no more. I knew it was time to back off. Anybody got a dad like that? I ain't telling you no more. Now, I didn't know what that meant, but I knew it wasn't good. And I knew when dad said that, (laughs) I just received a little bit of mercy. He gave me a warning. Huh? I'm going to tell you, are you looking at me? God's telling some of us, I ain't telling you no more. Number five, God's wrath was satisfied in Christ. God already poured out his wrath, thank God. But if we think that we are immune to it because he poured out his wrath on Christ, if you think everybody's going to be saved, Man, I could go on. It's all over me today. It's all over me. How about this one? Then I'm going to open it up. The Pope, second one, Johnny, pull that one up there, number two. You ready for this one? The Pope, (laughs) scroll down a little bit. We can't see the top. Scroll up. I'm sorry. I'm out. Pope says gun owners can't call themselves Christian. The Pope says, if you own a gun, you are not a Christian. Yeah, okay. And people still follow that idiot. What? Yeah. Burglio says, if you trust only in men, you're not a Christian. Ban all weapons. Oh, the child-kissing Pope is now telling telling us what we should be doing? Oh, okay. Vinny, come on, Vinny. Show some mercy and grace to him. Huh? Some mercy right, and grace. Right. So, folks, this is the stuff that we're dealing with. And what do you say, Coach? Uh, let, let me bring it all. I'm going to open it up. Let me bring it all to a head here. Here's what we're talking about. See, the guy standing in our pulpit will not tell us the truth. I don't know if they don't know the truth. They're afraid of the truth. They have a misunderstanding of the truth that they don't understand good and evil, and that we're not to, we have to have nothing to do. Hey, if the Lord tells you, don't have anything to do with it. If my mom said to me, Dave, don't have anything to do with that. I knew what that meant. I'm, I don't go over and hang out with them. Don't go to their beer parties. Don't go, don't go do that. Dave, don't have anything to do with them. I knew I didn't have anything to do with them. And the Lord says, have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. And we invite them in the church. man Jeff come on in Jeff it's amazing coach that when you're out there spreading the gospel and people spread rumors Satanists and stuff this way it's just it's incredible I was walking the streets and I witnessed to a uh, young lady and her name was Kate and uh, prayed for her and stuff. Now, I saw her yesterday. She was doing her morning constitution. And, so, and I asked her a question, how are you doing and stuff like that. I mentioned about this guy named Ricky and his wife. They have a home church. And she, she was going to talk to them about me. But apparently, uh, they held a, a big event at the Fallon Convention Center. And my name came up. saying, I'm glad Jeff with the G wasn't there. And, and and other stuff. The rumors are so spread around. It's just incredible. And it just keeps you motivated. I like to read a quick scripture here. It's 19, uh, Acts chapter 19, verses 24 and 25. For a certain man named Demetrius, the silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of, the, of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that by the craft we have our wealth. Put the pastors in place of these silver yeah. sins. By okay. the craft they have their wealth. Boom, boom. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, pull this up real quick. And then uh, Kimberly, get ready. I'm going to bring you in here. Pull up uh, Jim Caviza. Love God. Real, real short, real short. 
because God loves us, I understand. Because God loves us, I understand. But we need to start loving God back. He needs to be loved. Jesus deserves to be loved. I want to love him. I'll give him whatever I got. It's not my career. It's God's career. And that's why I love Eduardo. Because he knows it's not his career. God gave him the gift. And he's going to do whatever he can with that. And God's going to multiply his talents. And I'm, I, I, I'm, I was a simple guy when God came to me in a movie theater. And I said, well, I can't do this. But I said, well, Lord, I asked you what my purpose is. You said, hey, I'd like you to be an actor. Well, I'm going to take you at your word. So I'm going to go and try. Do you think people didn't call me out and say I was nuts? <laughs> They're probably watching this interview right now and saying I'm nuts. Hey, amen, baby. Huh? Huh? That's right. Amen. When the Lord gives you an assignment, go do it. Kimberly, come on in, then Dave. Great clip. Hey, I'm really thankful for a pastor who does call us out and stand for righteousness. Yesterday, we celebrated 10 years since leaving the Methodist Church. We left Thanks long so. before the most recent stuff. We had a special guest. I don't know if he's still in here, but Ohio Brett came and um, gave us a lot of encouragement in Aaron and Andrea have been receiving a lot of great feedback from that. So praise Amen. God. Amen. 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 That's look, are you guys listening to me? Folks, you got to start starting little fellowships. You can do it. You can do it. Get people together and show videos. This is, you see what I do. This isn't hard to do. Get people together, show a video and discuss it and say, how does this apply to our lives and our Christianity? What's our obligation? You can do it. Start it with two people. Start it with three people. We've got to become, we've got to invade, get to invade Christianity. Dave Allison. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Hey, I, I seen the movie. Um, I seen the movie a week, weekend. It's awesome. But uh, as Ohio Bryce says, a verse a day, you're on your way. So uh, yesterday I read the whole book of the Colossians. I put a few in the, in the bank just in case it got busy this week. <laughs> uh, Anyways, it's interesting. You know, when I graduated from high school, I was really illiterate. Um, I basically I got an honorable discharge. That's about it from <laughs> from school. And yeah. uh, so, uh, what you you have taught me, Coach, uh, as we study, to use the dictionary, look up words, and God revealed something to me. In Colossians, it says the Lord is to be, Coach. You know, because you're you studied literature. The difference between uh, um, prominence and preeminence. Do you know mm. what the difference is? Uh, no, I guess I don't. Okay, so I don't feel so bad. Uh, when someone when something is has prominence, it means it's in your top ten list. Jesus Christ is in our top ten list, but Colossians mm-hmm. says he's supposed to be preeminence. Uh, and, when, okay. and when and when he's preeminent. You you become like Tim Ballard. Yeah, he's on a different list then, isn't he? He's on a different list. He's at the top. Yeah. And and, and you everything you do is for him. Amen. 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 So one 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 last thing. Um so because of that, what's interesting is this as you've changed my life. And so so what happens is is recently, you know, I share Coach Dave Live, and not recently we found some new friends. They were acquaintances. And then they started watching this program, and now they realize that we've got a whole lot in common. So we've met some new wow. friends, and these are the type of people that I'm looking for. So right. I just want to praise the Lord for that. Dave, they're everywhere too, aren't they? They're Amen. Everywhere. Amen. They're everywhere. Make they're make everywhere. Jesus preeminence, not preeminent. 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 Amen. Dale and Clay. Hallelujah. Went, went and watched the movie for the second time last night because uh, you know, I didn't want to take my wife until I was exactly sure. You know, anyway, so we went. And as the, the movie was ending, before that two-minute clip, there was that pause. Brother, I got an opportunity to stand up very cordially, tell people I'm sorry for disturbing this, but let them know that we were going to the Jefferson Parish Council, like you guys got counties. So this mm. is our period. I said, we're going Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock to address things like this and things like transgenderism and books put in the library. Guess what, brother? People are coming up to me. 
We now have a web page. It's Jefferson Parish Assembly. It's oh. jpassembly.com. JP We're already getting hits on this page, brother. It's a local thing, and we're going to put the fire to the feet of our councilmen. Amen. 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 That is so good. That is so good. Hey, are you looking at me, folks? Screw Washington, huh? Screw Washington, D.C. Let's start, let's start fighting at home. Let's start fighting on our, on our ground floor right where we live because there are more people for us than there are against us. Unfortunately, they've, they've huffed and they've puffed and they've scared Christians back into the church. And uh, we got to come out. We can't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. That was striking while the iron's hot. People's hearts were already pliable to it. The audience was already there. It is. It's already there, man. It's already there. Bless you, Dale. That's what I love about you, man. You're a doer. Clay. There's many people on our own side are supposed to be on our team that are crit- critiquing and criticizing the Sound of Freedom movie. Yeah. It's the first, first movie that's come out to expose child trafficking, and it's only two hours long. And they, they're saying it doesn't have enough information in there about child trafficking and the problems in the United States. And, I mean, how are we going to ever, ever get together and win this thing if we're going to, if we can't even agree that the sound of freedom coming out at the movie theaters is absolutely awesome. And it's just the start, the first pebble into the jar. That's right. <laughs> and it's about the children, right? So if it's wrong for them to sexually uh, traffic children, isn't it also wrong for them to sexually molest them mentally? Isn't that just as wrong, friends? I believe it is. Even Myra. More. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Myra. Uh, thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us into all truth. That is a powerful story from uh, Mr. Allison, Brother Allison and Dale and uh, Cray and everybody. Uh, Tracy, um, his, our story this morning uh, Psalm 52 through 4. Thank you, Jonathan. 50. 50. Yeah, 50. Uh-huh. 52 through 4. It is written, Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God have shine. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. Amen. A fire shall devour before him. And it shall be very tempestuous around about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Coach. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. Jeff Klein. Come on, Jeff. Coach, you got to watch a movie Saturday night. And I went with Harry, our brother that does the rescue and child trafficking. Harry has got some knowledge on that. I mean, he's done it for years. After the movie's over, he looked at me and said, I've been to Columbia. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I chatted with a couple guys out in the parking lot. After the movie, I couldn't take it. I just had to. So these guys were interested. I said, this is Harry right here. Harry's done child trafficking. They're like, really? I said, yeah. I said, he'll come and speak at churches so he can educate the Christians sitting in the pulpits. And we use the example that if in your county an Amber Alert goes up, Harry O'Howry, have you trained? You're ahead of the police department in that area. You're out there. You get your people and go. You hit the streets before they ever do. So this Saturday on JR's show, guess who we got on JR's show Saturday morning at 10? Harry. Harry, Harry is going to meet me for breakfast, and we're going to the car lot because he's out in the boondocks. He ain't even got his reception's terrible for Internet. So he's going to meet me at the car lot. I'm going to sit him down at my desk say, there you go. Talk to JR and the people. So it'll be good. Amen. Good, good work, Jeff. As usual, great work, Jeff. Great work. Amen. Dale. I, I'm sorry to come back in, Coach. Uh, just a little FYI, in case you weren't aware to do a little research, that the fact that the reason that this movie was blocked for five years, it was Disney Plus who owned the rights to the movie. Is that, is that unbelievable? Yeah, is that unbelievable? I saw he that said, too. Why Disney owned the rights to the movie and they would not release it. Why wouldn't Disney release a movie on child trafficking? Hmm. Hey, coach. I'll just say, listen, there were were people complaining that Jim Caviezel wouldn't say who was holding back the film. Well, who's in charge of Disney? Is that Bob Iger 
I'll say it. Okay, Bob Iger, you're you're responsible for rolling the film back. If you aren't Bob, tell us who is scumbag. Okay, how about that? Very simple. Thank you. <laughs> Connect the dots, right? Like like uh, crack cocaine in the White House, right? Wonder who that would be, right? What? What? Huh? Let, they stuck that in. You're retarded. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? What? Anyway, I don't want to get into that one. Kevin, come on in. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but over the weekend or on Friday, whatever it was, CNN came out and officially said uh, the subject matter in this movie is not real. This is a fake story, and you shouldn't go see it. Don't believe it. Can you believe that? I, I can believe it, but yeah, that was their official. That was their official uh, statement: is that you know the, the Sound of Freedom. It's it's a fake movie, fake storyline. This is not happening. This child trafficking is not going on, and and don't believe it. So you know what? They're part of the problem. So So folks, remember this. They said that the movie is based on a true story. Now, understand this. This is important. Words mean things, right? They never claimed that everything in the movie happened. They said it's based on a true story. That gives you what they call poetic license to add some scenes, to do some things that maybe didn't happen to uh, to magnify the point they're trying to make. So it was based on a true story, but not 100% of it was the truth. You get it, right? You guys get that. Joe Allen. Well, we got this going on in our own country. Do. We got a government agency that allows it, DHS. Watch Hagman last Friday, and it gives you a prime example what we're fighting as well as human trafficking overseas and and on our shores. We got our own government doing it. Well, Joe, and not only that, the grooming that's going on, so the children become defenseless against. We were a. I was driving down the road yesterday. It was yesterday, I think maybe Saturday. Had my grandson with me, my little uh, eight-year-old grandson with me, and I started talking to him about child trafficking. And I said, "David, listen, if you're ever out somewhere and somebody comes along and picks you up and says you want you're going to take you to go, your mommy got hurt or something like that, you have to go with them or whatever. And then they get you in the car and they tell you, you know, David, they, they say to you, hey, don't." Don't tell anybody about this, because if you tell somebody about this, man, your mommy's going to get really, really hurt. And you're, I said, David, don't ever fall for that. And you ever get a chance and somebody takes you and you're some, with somebody that you don't feel comfortable about, you just scream till your tongue falls out. You just yell and yell and yell and yell. Because I thought, man, oh, man, this is happening everywhere, folks, where they're snatching them out of malls, snatching them off the street, kids going to the bathroom. So we have to we have to make a conscious effort to make sure that our young people who are around understand exactly what's going on and how should they should respond accordingly. Because in the movie, something that really struck with me is they told that they told that little boy that if you say anything, your sister is going to get killed. And so he wouldn't open his mouth because he was trying to protect his little sister. Right? These folks, these people, these folks are so freaking uh, devious. Craig, come on in. Well, the thing you'd have to say to CNN was uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Was that was that a true story? I think it was based on a narrative, okay? <laughs> that's right. They actually referenced that book, and he said, this is it. You need to tell the story, all right? right. So, you know, as I pointed out, the 1996 <clears throat> Telecommunications Act <clears throat> changed the media in this, in this country. It's owned globally by five or six yeah. national corporations. They broke up the phone company. Because they, you know, they had, um, I can't think of the exact word on it, but they had a monopoly, right? We we were set up where we're not supposed to have monopolies in this country. Everything's supposed to be divided, separation of powers in the government, separation of powers in the corporate world. That now has been used against us to control the narrative by five global companies. And, uh, you know, so uh, just firing back with the information that they can't refute. Well, the good thing is, Craig, we're not ignorant of his devices, are we? We understand exactly what's going on, and we understand this, that evil is far more evil than what we have ever in our lives ever imagined it to be. But we have to also understand this. As evil increases, the power of God is also going to increase. And I hate to tell you this, we are going to win. We're going to see it 
He said, there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. And if you think, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get into theology. We're going to see the hand of God move in this nation. And it's not going to be pretty, but we're going to see it. Judgment begins Amen. first where? The house of God. It begins first at the house Amen. of God. Amen. Yes. We're seeing, we're seeing the judgment of God being poured out on us even right now. And by the way, that'd be a good thing. Righteous justice, righteous judgment. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing? And sadly, some people may get caught up in it that you would never expect are living double lives, doing double things. Man, oh man. Fear the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. See you tomorrow.